This is The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap.com, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Odds Couple, with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. Welcome to your weekend, folks. We're off and running week five in the NFL, week six in college. We're uh, deep into October, and we're getting deep into some of the big conference matchups on the college slate. We'll look at those today. Red River rivalry weekend and so many great games in the NFL to handicap. It is Mike North and Carmen DeFelco. We're with you each and every Friday on the ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000 as we present to you the odds couple brought to you as always by the great folks at Prop Swap. And Mikey, uh, another pretty decent week for the show last week. We keep uh, giving out some winners. We'll try to do it again a little bit later on. This league is a lot of fun to watch. The quality of football right now, maybe not so good. Tom Brady said so himself this week. The game last night was <laughs> a travesty in a lot of ways, but there's always money-making opportunities, and I think that's why this league is so damn successful right now, regardless of the quality of football on the field. Well, speaking of travesty, hi, everybody. I went 0-2 last week, but Carm went 1-0-1 to hold things up. Uh, I'm 2-4 and my last two weeks. Uh, but uh, I did come up Monday with, uh, and by the way, the picture of me and Carm, I mean, it's making the rounds. Uh, my buddy called me. He said, uh, I didn't know Fabian and uh, Joey Fatone got back together. I don't, I don't need that nonsense, uh, you know, the, the, the 50s red, uh, references or the uh, boy band thing that uh, we're pelted with constantly because of our, our good looks. Exactly. But we can't help it. We can't help it. And then, and then uh, I did have the under in the, in the Monday night game. But I'm going to tell yep. you something right now. Uh, I got to get better. Uh, Carmen, you've been great. Randy's back. Uh, bottom line, I mean, I, you got to have a little luck. I'm in a media pool where I have New Orleans plus two and a half. I'm in another pool where I have New Orleans plus three, so I push on one, losing another. Uh, the circle pool, it's driving mm. me nuts. I mean, I'm in the middle of the pack, but I'm like, I don't know if people saw the aviator. Uh, it's just changed my life. I, I'm in a room by myself, urinating in milk bottles and yelling naked at a TV. <laughs> I mean, Hughes it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm Howard Hughes all of a sudden. I don't want to come out. You know, I'm hiding and, and stuff like that, but it's been a lot of fun. I love handicapping. Carm, it's good to talk. You had fun being out there with you last week. It was great seeing you. Oh, yeah, it was fun. So we're going to have a great weekend. We got baseball and everything else. Yeah, we got uh, the baseball playoffs actually start tonight. Uh, we were looking on, uh, you know, me and Yurk with uh, Black and Abdallah, we're looking for a little bit of a long shot uh, World Series team that we could get Seattle. behind. Uh, Randy's going to get on it, too. You know, Seattle's interesting. We kind of we kind of like the Phillies a little bit, even though getting through the NL, I mean, you're really going to have to go through the gauntlet getting through the Braves and the Dodgers, but we kind of like at 28-1 to 1, the Phillies, maybe the How about the, the Padres? Padres are interesting, although, That's an interesting I, you know. interesting pick. Nobody's giving them a shot. I know, uh, what do you got, Scherzer going against That's uh, the Darvish. thing. You get Scherzer, Darvish tonight. Then you're going to you know, you're gonna have they're to face really the ground. They're not really big favorites, though, are they, for the series? They're not. They're about a minus 140 favorite. You know, Gino, Which is odd. You... And today, I mean, today I might have to lean towards Darvish or, or you know, when you they play. Is, you is, yeah, it's tonight. That's the last game. That's the yeah. one tonight. There's four games today. They're playing all weekend. I might have to lean towards Darvish. Darvish he, he was the pitcher. Against... He was the pitcher of the month in uh, September. Yeah, and, and Carm, did you and hear he... what Buck Showalter's doing? No, what's he doing? I don't uh, think I did. Uh, if the Mets win game one, he will not pitch DeGrom in game two. Oh, I think I did hear that. Okay, so but it, it depending on the outcome of tonight. Correct. Yeah. 
Darvish's 5-0 and lifetime against the Mets guys with mm-hmm. a 2.56 ERA for whatever it's worth. <laughs> I mean, he's oh, pitched very well against I already he's graded it out. tonight. I already graded out there's a chance they could win this thing. Listen, I mean, I know these, it sounds crazy, in these Darv. like in these best of two, like three when you yes. got to win two games, it's it's it, anything can happen, Mike. Anything Absolutely. I can see, anything happening in any of these series. Listen, it's I had the Cubs over seventy four and a half. I oh, needed them God. to go one and one, the last uh, you know two out of the last three games, so I could hedge my bet. I was two and one otherwise. Tampa Bay uh, come up came up short, and you know what? They couldn't pull it off. It's baseball, and they had just swept Cincinnati at home. They go to Cincinnati, and they get treated like you know rented mules the first two the first two games. You don't they lost know the first two. Yeah, you it's don't brutal. know. Boy, you came so close. I mean, it's amazing that I it was as screwed. close as it was. You looked dead a, a month ago. I, yes. I mean, with that. Why well, I gave the incredible. fiery speech. Nobody's going to talk right. about that. They like to gloss over it. I, I told Hoyer, uh, don't trade. And you know what? I'd like to see Contreras signed again. I would. I'm sorry. I, I, uh, I'm not even a Cub fan, and I like Contreras. I know. I've always thought. I thought they made a mistake a couple of years ago not just locking him up. I think right. it might be a little because bit more tricky now. Because if you don't now. like Contreras, take a look at Grandel. That's all oh, I'm going to tell you. Please. Yeah, I mean, really. That's you know, a disaster. you got to go out in the free agent catcher market, and sometimes that's what you end up with. No, right? that's right. And the Sox have another year of it. Uh, let's get into week five, Mikey. We always start with our beloved. The Bears go on the road in the division to take on the Vikings. They are a uh, pretty sizable underdog, as you could have expected. This game over the summer in the look-ahead lines, somewhere around Vikings, minus six. Now we're looking at minus seven, even minus seven and a half. In a lot of shops, as some money has driven this price north of a touchdown total in the game is 44. I think it's interesting that the Vikings are playing without a bye after playing in England. I am interested to see sort of how that affects, especially maybe the first half of the game. I mean, is there maybe a little bit of a case to be made for the Bears in the first half? I know they've looked pretty lousy, and offensively they are completely inept in a lot of areas, but is there a little bit of a case to be made for the Bears keeping it close in the first half considering the Vikings had a play in London and they are not playing on a bye? They're right back at it this Sunday at noon. You'd like to think there's a case for them to cover the game. Uh, that's a good shot, I think. I think I'd lean a little bit towards the Bears covering. I don't think they're going to win. I, I think they'll be a little lethargic, Minnesota. Uh, you know, Minnesota, by the way, it's not Diggs. I was thinking of the old uh, Minnesota Viking running back, Delvin Cook. He's been playing with a tough sh- shoulder. Um, yes. So, you he, know, yeah. when you get to that, the Vikings should should beat them. It's, it, it's a disaster here in Chicago. Yeah. and And it's just... You know, I don't think, I think maybe they're not going to take the Bears for granted, but I don't think they're going to play this game with the intensity they'd play Green Bay. That's my opinion. Nope. Yep. And I think the, the, maybe there's a rival. good point yeah. about London, Carm. Yeah, I, just, I, I do wonder how that plays out. Maybe we'll get an idea in the well, first half. Well, if doesn't I'd... fumble last week, New Orleans wins that game. That you could be a hundred percent right. Right. I, mean, I don't know what's taken the Saints so long to get going. I mean, they, and we documented this on the show last week. Their first halves have been abysmal. Whether yeah. it's been Jameis or Andy Dalton, um, I know they didn't have Kamara again, and that was it seemed like a little bit. I, he he was on the injury report, but it sure felt like he was trending towards playing. And then first thing, you know, for us, everybody wakes up early Sunday morning with that game kicking off early, and he was out of the lineup. But they, they've been a disaster in the first halves of games. Had they been a little bit better, or if he does and fumble, I think you're right. Uh, that's oh, potentially that a game that the Saints end up winning. Yeah, that was No, the, you're they right. They had a shot at winning that game. I had uh, the Saints. I got a push, like I said, but the bottom line is they could have won that game. Yeah. Uh, I like Dalton. 
as far as, you know, he's not going to usually turn the football over, but it did hurt him. But I don't think – I think the Saints could have a better fate. I'm not I'm not done, you know, betting them like I am some other yeah. teams in the league. Uh, but yep. we'll see what happens this week. I think this week is telling for them. There's another London game this week, so we uh, we are treated as fans. Uh, hopefully the game is somewhat compelling and good. But I tell you, the primetime games really – haven't been all that good. I don't know that you can call this a primetime game, but it's a standalone game. But it's early Sunday morning. It's another 8.30 local time kick here in Chicago as the Giants and the Packers play in London. This will be the Packers' first ever game there. And I think I heard earlier this week that that completes uh, you know, the gamut, if you will, for the NFL. All 32 teams after this game will now have officially played a London game. The Packers are the last to do it. They're a pretty sizable favorite against the Giants team that – I beat the Bears, uh, and I don't even know how. I mean, that you want to talk about a bad football team. Three and one, my my arse, um, if you're looking at this Giants team. But they are an eight-point underdog. The passing attack is just as bad as the Bears, if not worse. Uh, Kadarius Toney returned to practice, then hurt the other hamstring. And if right. I'm not mistaken, Brian Dable early this morning said that he didn't even make the trip to London. They did get some good news on their defense. Leonard Williams returned to practice this week. So did Julian Love. But... That Giants team I don't think is very good. I'm not overly enamored with the Packers, though. Should they be laying eight to anybody right now, Mike? I'm going to say Quan Barkley still play for him, for the Giants. The Giants, is, he's well, still playing. That's yes, my he point. is. What's he going to do? Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he, they could stay within the eight, I think. I, I'm not, I like think you, you said, might be right. I'm not enamored with the Packers either, you know, and I think it's, it, I think it's a joke. I think the quarterbacking, Brady was absolutely right, you know. Yeah. I see where – and I'll yeah. own this, and I'm going to keep owning it. I'll – Mitch is only allowed to play four games. Why guys like Matt Ryan could have ten fumbles, seven interceptions with a team that was supposed to maybe represent the AFC, and he can play every week because of past pedigree. Apparently, bad. it's just so bad. bad. Russell Wilson, so bad. There's bad so quarterback, bad. and I'm going to stick with Mitch. Mitch, maybe next year you'll be with somebody that believes in you. Because now, <laughs> I, I'm just being honest. Would you start? Mike's picking? still looking for teams for poor Mitch. Oh, you'll have a team next <laughs> I, week. I, well, you know oh, what? I, oh, Mitch is the only guy. Mitch is the only guy that's been replaced by two quarterbacks that aren't as good as him: Justin Field and Kenny Pickett. Pickett had more interceptions in the second half than Mitch he, had he in, three, in three and a half games. He threw three picks. I know. Well, well of course pretty, he did. And Justin Fields. This is but, what people wanted. I understand that. I, 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 like I said, I've never seen a guy only allowed to play four games. Let the guy finish the game. And would you start Pickett? Let me ask you this, term. against Mitch's buddies. From last year that went to the, to the yeah. Bear game in preseason and just destroyed them because they were they had been hearing all the BS. I don't know. It's I a know. tough spot. I, I, and it's a tough spot to throw a rookie into the oh fire. My if God. anything, I thought with with the extra time, you would have just started him last week in week four. Either that or, if you or maybe to get wait another yeah. week. You don't know if they – maybe they win in the second half. I mean, they were winning 20-10, to 10, but that wasn't Pickett. They said he got set up at the three-yard line on a turnover. So I'm just uh, yeah I know I and know. I got the over seven and a half Pittsburgh so I want the kid to do good I want a shot right now you want him to sure I want and him they're to off do to good. a one I'm not three gonna start. hate on him because Tomlin's never had to make a decision on a quarterback yeah, since he's exactly. been just like Popovich he had three Hall of Famers as soon as he lost them and as soon as Tomlin lost his quarterback they got stupid period things and get hard when you don't have the great player there you go one quick note on. 
on Buffalo and Pittsburgh, uh, I, I looked back through the pro football reference database, right. and right. I don't know how far their records go back in terms of um, you know the data they have on point spreads, Mike, but right. I couldn't find a single game in Last Steelers Last 50 history. years, highest. Oh, 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 is that what it is? Yes. I couldn't find – Mike, I couldn't – I couldn't find a single game where the, the last time they were even a 13-point dog, you have to go back yeah. to the 1992 season, and now Pittsburgh is a two-touchdown dog I in thought Buffalo. Mitch was I couldn't find anything in the in the database. I thought he's professional. He bit his lip. He's going to be. He's been a good teammate. Pickett told him it. But I can't believe Tomlin said this is the answer. Now, unless this kid's for real and he's showing things in practice that's that's stunning. Maybe. And maybe we'll I see. mean, what we'll have to see. But my God. You know, you'd think Mitch would know more about Buffalo. Maybe they win in the second half. I just thought the yanking was premature, but we'll see what happens. I'll give everybody one underdog. other note on that game. They're a 14-point dog. And, and, look, the Steelers might well be able to stay within that number. I don't know. I don't really have an opinion no. on that game one way or another. I just, I'll just i give everybody one more stat. They're, you know, Pittsburgh's ne- never really a dog like this. But just listen to this. Since T.J. Watt came into the league, guys, in 2017, he has missed seven games. The Steelers are 0-7 in those well, games. Did you know what Big That's ben how much said? he means to that defense. Big Ben says it doesn't matter if it's Trubisky or Pickett. They lost T.J. Watt. It's done. It's over. You're right. All right, when I mean, we come back, we got other games. He makes that much of a difference? I guess so. He's pretty damn good. Yeah. We got other games to talk about in week five. There's some big college games, too, some really interesting ones. Great one in the Pac-12 tomorrow afternoon between undefeated UCLA and 4-1 Utah. UCLA is the home dog in that game. So some really interesting things that we're going to get after today, plus our best plays, Luke Pergandy and Jim Miller still to come. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back to talk more NFL and more college football with you as we got a lot of games to preview. It's Mike and Carmen. We're the Odds Couple presented by PropSwap. This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. This is The Odds Couple with Mike North and Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. We're streaming on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Every week, Mike and I are with you talking sports and sports gambling. Get us on the ESPN Chicago app. You can catch the Encore replay every Saturday morning, 8 to 9 on ESPN 1000. Follow Mike on Twitter. He's at North to North. I'm at Carmen DeFalco. If you are a loyal listener to the show, you uh, might be wondering, hey, uh, this is usually the time the guys talk to Luke Pergandy. We're going to talk to Luke a little bit later in the show before we give you our best plays. Uh, and I will say, uh, I, we, we got a nice compliment from our guy Jesse Rogers uh, over really? the weekend, Mike. Yeah, Jesse gave us a nice compliment. He said, you know the one thing you guys do uh, well? And I said, just one thing, Jesse? He said, yes, you do one thing. He said, you guys don't overload everybody with, like, ten best plays. And I said, no. well, if you, you can't. There's no such thing in this business, especially with football, especially in the NFL, with five or six you know, best plays. Mike and I will identify two or usually yeah. three games at the absolute most that we like. Randy will do the same. Best plays should mean best plays. The, the plays you're most, we are most confident in. And, you know, the games that you should load up on most if you want to take uh, our advice. I'm 6-1-1 one one in the best plays. That can't continue. But hopefully, you know, you've taken the advice and you've run with it. Mike has always been good at this. So that's why we're only giving you two or yeah, three best plays you've each You've been on week. fire, but here's the key. You're right. My system, for instance, and everybody says they have a system, but mine's been successful. 
but you're not going to win every week. My deal is my system works for three teams. So when you get in these media-type things, pools or something where you have to pick five games, you're taking a chance for a couple games. It gets hard. Yep. Oh, it gets harder. There's a couple you're you're hoping easy winners, and that's what. uh, Carmen, you've been more disciplined at that than I have. Randy sometimes goes off the reservations, but he he (laughs) he had three picks uh, a couple weeks ago, but he went two and one. So that's just the way. So if you do it, it's good. But you're right. I think you got uh, you've had the better strategy. Go one or two games. And that's it, man. Yep. Those are the true best plays. All right, Falcons, Bucks, a divisional matchup down in Tampa. Tom Brady hasn't lost three in a row in forever. I mean, it's been like 17, 18 years, I think. They're laying a big number here in the division. They are a 10-point favorite at home against the Falcons. There is one team in the NFL that is perfect against the number so far this season, and that, of course, is the Atlanta Falcons. Wow. 4-0 against the number. Wow. Uh, the offense has been sneaky good. They do lose Cordero Patterson now at least four games because of an injury. The rookie running back out of BYU did pretty well last week when he had to come in and spell him, and I think he's going to carry the load. Falcons are 11th in points per drive, 9th in overall success rate in the NFL in the first three quarters, and 10th in overall EPA per play. And if Marcus Mariota just doesn't hurt him and doesn't turn the ball over, you know, I think the Falcons, because of their offense, are going to stay in a lot of games. And I wonder if they can keep it within 10 uh, against the Bucks, uh, against a Bucks team that just is not overly impressive right now with all the injuries they have on offense. And speaking of a guy that was considered a, 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 an all-timer, maybe Mariota, good to see him back in the picture again. Here's another problem. I mean, BB went on a destination. went to a destination wedding not that long ago, and I was with out her for four or five days, and the dishes were piling up. The refrigerator, I left it open one night. I mean, that just everything was chaos. The dog was barking. Well, Brady's got that now. Brady's got the dirty dishes. He's He's got distractions. He's got people calling him. What happened with you and Giselle? You know, I happen to think that this thing is rich. This line is rich uh, for Atlanta. I think that uh, I keep hearing, well, Brady's, you know, they're going to bounce back. A lot like Buffalo's going to cover because they want to put a convincing win up there. I'm not quite so sure about this. I know Evans, they're easier to defend without Gronk. Let's face it. Their their tight ends are just okay. They're easier to defend without Gronk. Uh, Fournette. Is a good back, but really, I don't think Tom Brady's that hard to. He's not that hard to get ready for until you play him. Okay, right, and then all of a sudden, yeah. then all of a sudden, some there's a broken play. But I think if Atlanta plays the way they've been playing, they can stay in this game. Once again, so Tampa Bay's got a tough defense. Yeah, uh, Browns Chargers. That was one of the great games last season, if you mm-hmm. remember, out in L.A. That game finished forty-seven to uh, 42. So the Chargers covered a two and a half point spread. They were a two and a half point favorite. Now again, they're a two and a half point favorite going on the road to Cleveland. You could have said last year was a road game for them, even though it was sure. in LA. That was all Browns fans. Um, they, you know, the, the Rams and the Chargers just really don't have a home field advantage. But the Browns at home catching two and a half in this spot with maybe the best rushing attack in the NFL. Number one in the league in expected points added on the ground. Fourth best rushing success rate. They're just incredibly good. And now you wonder how the Chargers' rush defense is going to hold up without Joey Bosa. The Texans had a 45% success rate on early downs in the first three quarters against the Chargers last week, and Bosa, of course, is still going to miss some time. So this could be a sneaky good little spot for the Browns getting points at home. I'm a big uh, Herbert Mm -hmm. and Chargers fan, but this is an interesting spot, and I wonder if it will be a shootout like it was last year. Well, you know what? I'm wondering about the shootout because you'd think after last year and the history of these two teams and with the two quarterbacks, you'd have a higher total than 47. 47 and a half, right? Yeah. 47, 47 I would, and a half, I would right. lean the under. 
I would yeah. lean Why, the under. Yeah. Go, like it's not going to be like last year. I, no, I think, I think you, right. you just brought up, Carm, like you do all the time. You're ready. They run the ball good. So they're, they're going to be – that clock's going to be going. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't go past, uh, you know, the 47. But after last year, and I'm hearing, uh, you know, a shootout, and, and like you just said, because that's what you're expecting. Uh, sometimes totals aren't what you're expecting. Yep. I lean the under. Yep. Bengals-Ravens is your Ooh. Sunday night game. Ooh. This I, this shapes up to be a good one. You know, while there has been a lot of bad football and we haven't seen a ton of great primetime games, I'm hoping this one is is good on Sunday night. Uh, the Ravens are at home as a three-point favorite. Total hanging somewhere around 47.5 or 48. Since he smoked the Ravens twice last year, the Bengals hung 82 points on Baltimore in the two meetings. Joe Burrow threw for about 1,000 yards, no joke, and seven touchdowns. Now, the Ravens were wrecked by injury in their secondary last year, and Lamar Jackson did not play in that second meeting. So this time around, it could be a little different. The Ravens have now lost five straight home games, Mike, including back-to-back home games this year in which they led by at least 17 points. John Harbaugh was 64-0 and when leading by 17-plus points, and now he's blown back-to-back home games. Yeah, but they covered they the preseason. They cover in the preseason. Yeah. Really <laughs> but they win every preseason game. Yeah, they, they win cover. every preseason Super Bowl. That's phenomenal. Wait, here, I'm going to tell everybody this. Yeah, you could uh, use that today. <laughs> on, on the other co- Before 148, when I come on That's with the fabulous great. Carmen and Yurko live from Hooters, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget about it. But there's no doubt about it. I mean, here, John Harbaugh, if you've been listening to the Odds Couple for all these many years, and why wouldn't you? You know, uh, I've been on Harbaugh's for case. For oh, you me. have been. You for being been. one of the worst coaches in the NFL, and I'm standing by it. Last year, went for two in two different games, lost uh, uh, both games for his team. He should have kicked the field goal with four minutes left last week to go up by six. He decided not to. One of the worst coaches in the game. I don't care if he's got a Super Bowl or not. Wow, harsh. I like Harbaugh, but those decisions are mounting again. Oh, my you know, God, like, last for, week. How do you I, pass up three points with four minutes left with one of the best kickers in, in the history of the game to go up also, by six? He, I, the other the other part of it is that what is Lamar Jackson? Am I right about that? that? Do I have? Well, hey, no. He, I mean, listen. He I, saves him. He saves Harbaugh, Lamar. He's a kind of guy. What is? He, but you can't throw that pass like he, they would have oh, the two yard that, line. Well, wait a minute. If you needed passing to win you a, a, a big game, he wouldn't be my guy. But he does other things. But and that's why I'm saying he's covered for Harbaugh too. But Harbaugh thinks he thinks way too much of Lamar Jackson. Also, I, and I keep hearing he's an MVP guy. But I'm sorry, well, Lamar's I think been good. I mean, uh, but yeah, that's he's been well, good. Like, once that once that play breaks down, he's got to know just chuck it, and your the other team is taking over at the two yard line. I'll give it's you like, a perfect example. I can't believe Luke Getzey hung out Justin Fields to drive, but guess what? He took care of his offensive line this this past week. You know what he said? Oh yeah, there's been sacks, but Justin had eight different plays. He should have either run or gotten rid of the ball. Right. And that's and that's the that's the whole thing. Just like with when you see this guy Ryan, three point two seconds last night to get rid of the football. You're supposed to get rid of it earlier than that. The league average is three point zero five, and that's why you get sacked. Yeah. It's all about these quarterbacks and their decision making. And so far, Tom Brady's been right about it. I think he was talking more about the one and two, two and one teams, and about the quarterbacking. When it came to to the play in the NFL, what do you think? Yeah. Um. I listen. I, I think I think they're doing whatever they can to try to prop him up as as best they can. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just try to try to instill a little bit of confidence. I, I think there's a lot of 
coach speak that's coming out of Hallis Hall right now that is it's hard All to buy I'm what they're selling. Is, hard to a, buy what they're selling. It's it is Carm. It's about decision making. You just brought up Lamar Jackson. The yeah. same thing, pulling the trigger a little bit earlier. Y- the yep. same thing with Matt Ryan. Don't hold on to the ball so long. He's holding on it forever. You're, You're right. He, he leads the league last night. It, he went past the league average, 3.2 seconds. The average is 3.05. I mean, the worst uh, a quarterback hangs on to the ball. Yeah. Period. You gotta you gotta pull the trigger. It's decision making uh, as much as accuracy or anything else. Yeah, I think you're right. And like, are you processing it? And is the ball coming out on time? No. Red River uh, rivalry this weekend down is there in really Dallas. A Red River? I believe there is actually. Okay. <laughs> I know there's a great movie. <laughs> That's a great John movie. Wayne, exactly. John Wayne, Montgomery Cliff. That's right. Montgomery I mean, Cliff, God. one of the all timers, Mike. Oh Absolutely. come on, are you kidding me? <laughs> Place in the sun, phenomenal. Uh, Branson, I'm coming after you. <laughs> It's phenomenal. Um, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's got issues right now. I mean, back-to-back losses, uh, plus they're down to, like, I think their third-string quarterback. They're a seven-point underdog. Um, and uh, Quinn Ewers could be back for Texas. I got a pretty good lean. Anything seven and under, and maybe this thing goes north of a touchdown. Who knows? But anything seven and under, I got a pretty good lean uh, on Texas here. I think this is a lay it or don't play it with Texas. I just think they're the better team. Uh, TCU uh, just eviscerated Oklahoma last week, and I think some of the weapons that Texas have on offense, Texas has on offense, might be able to do the same thing in this game. Oklahoma is beat and battered coming off a couple of bad losses right now, Mike. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you know, this is a stay away for me. But, right, if you're going to do something, you know, it's minus eight and a half. Uh, Oklahoma does not have the cachet now that they once had. Lincoln Riley, apparently, I thought by him going to USC, okay, big deal. You know, he's going to go there and maybe, you know, do well. But I didn't think he'd be as this good. Just like Chip Kelly out there. I mean, amazing. Yeah, Chip's been good. They're, they're oh, good. They've got a tough test. They've got a, a good it's, coach. It's a game we'll hit on a little bit later because i got yeah. an angle on that game. But yeah, yeah. They, they, they're they're 5-0. and oh. They're rocking. So, and mean, they played USC, great last Friday night. Yeah, UCLA. USC and UCLA are, are it's one of these games that, I, you know, Oklahoma, I think, uh, they're going to be looking around for new people soon. Jim Leonard, uh, the Jim Leonard era begins. I don't know if he'll be the ultimate uh, decision, uh, you know, that they settle on after the year, but Jim Leonard is the interim coach now. Maybe Randy can chime in real quick. Uh, first time as Jim Leonard is going to be the head coach, they go on the road, the Badgers do, to Evanston, and they are a 10-point favorite against Northwestern. How do they respond, Randy? How do they respond? I was in absolute uh, shock that when I saw that spread, by the way. You think I, was so, I thought Paul Chris, I understand, but if you look at his record, you look at some other things, it wasn't that bad. Listen, they, you Mikey, lose at home to Illinois, I guess. They're, they're, you lose at home to Brett yeah, Bielema, okay, who was yep. the guy there and kind of said, blank you to Barry Alvarez and yeah, left. He uh, no, so he, he's not welcome in Wisconsin anymore. And to come in and win 34-10 yeah, and rub yeah, it. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. But uh, but if you look at his overall with, record, I didn't think he did no. He, listen, he was five and one in bowl games and beat yeah. good teams in big games. Wow. So, Absolutely. And the Big Ten championship when they were undefeated, they they had the drive and uh, that against Ohio State who was undefeated. I and think he's way above five hundred as a coach. I mean, you know, I, I'm yeah. not I'm not going to sit here and and rip Paul Chris. I no. thought he did a great job. And Me too. He kind of got a. I think he got a uh, the bad end of that one. But um, Wisconsin should not be a ten and a half, especially on the road, should not be a ten and a half point favorite over even Deerfield football right now. So, <laughs> but at the same time, Northwestern can't cover a line either, though. No, I know, I know. I, I would not touch this game because yeah, I, it's a I, stay don't, away. I don't. It's know a how, good thing we can't bet at it yeah. on the apps, guys. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how Wisconsin scores seventeen points. So I just don't oh know how. Well, God. I'll tell you what: if you're driving around and you hear Deerfield football and you play for that team, you think you can compete with Wisconsin? <laughs> it's wonderful.
Wow. When we come back, uh, we're going to get some ponies from Jim Miller. we got a few other games we're going to yep. keep talking about here. Lots of good ones uh, on the board, especially in the college slate, I think. NFL for the second straight week. There's some tough games to handicap. But, hey, we're trying to do it for you anyway. We're giving you our thoughts, our opinions. A lean here, a lean there. We'll give you yeah, best plays here, before, before we're out of here. Don't go anywhere, folks. It's Carmen and Mike. We are the Odds Couple presented by PropSwap. This is the Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. This is The Odds Couple with Mike North and Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000 or stream it on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Oh, yeah, we're talking NFL, college football, and now it's time to get some ponies for the weekend. There's horse racing going on. All fall, you've got the thoroughbred meet underway at Hawthorne. You got the points bet sports book. You can watch and wager on the horses. You can watch games. You can bet there. If you do want to bet Illinois or Northwestern, I don't know why you would. But you can do it live. You can't do it on the app, but you can do it live if you're at Hawthorne, if you're at the book. And uh, with some ponies for the weekend, we've got one of the great handicappers in the country. And he joins us each and every week from Hawthorne Racecourse, Jim Miller. Jimmy! What up, Jimmy? Boys, crazy to think we are four weeks away from the Breeders' Cup, which is taking place at Keeneland the first week of November. So, so much going on in horse racing. The final preps are taking place this weekend as you have the fall season going on at Keeneland. Santa Anita is back. Great racing at Hawthorne. So there's a lot kind of building up to the Breeders' Cup, but it's a two-day event. It's going to be a really great event, and there's no super standouts in any of the fields. So it's going to mean an event that has a whole lot of value, too. Do horses need to accrue points in a similar fashion uh, like they do in the late winter, early spring to get into the Kentucky Derby uh, for the Breeders' Cup, Jim? Yeah, so the Breeders' Cup is a little bit different. There's a nominating process for the Breeders' Cup that does take place, and then after that it goes off earnings from graded stakes races first and foremost. So if you do have an overflow field, that's how horses find their way into the races. A lot of these races won't have those overflow fields. You'll get a lot of large fields there. But a lot of these Breeders' Cup races will go up to 14 starters, too. So you see good fields, large fields. And at Keeneland, it's interesting because in the fall, you can get a little bit of different weather. You might not get that firm turf, mm. course. And that's something that usually favors the Euros if you get a little bit of a softer turf. So it's something to definitely watch out for. You know, I saw the tweet you sent out last week. I retweeted it because it was cool. It was like a starting gate from, like, 1940. Yeah. And there were four horses. And, you know, yeah. I once raced nobody, and I won. Uh, but to, to be able to... <laughs> To be, able, to be able to race only three or four horses for a better has got to be uh, really nice compared to some of these fields that have 10, 11 horses, Jimmy. Do people like the bigger field because there's more betting opportunities or more winning opportunities maybe with the lesser field? So it's a little bit different. So if you're a player that plays horse racing quite a bit, mm-hmm. you want a bigger field because it provides a little bit more value usually because that money's spread out amongst more horses. If you're a player that just goes out there occasionally and you kind of want that churn and you want to leave with maybe a little bit more than you came to the track with, shorter fields definitely help because it's a little bit easier to win on those mm-hmm. races. But uh, that was a fun night. I was down at the DuCoin Fairgrounds. It was a one-night event. Uh, they had 13 races for Illinois-bred horses. They asked me to go down and call the races. Um, I was crazy enough to drive five hours there and five hours back the same day. But it was a uh, absolute blast. And, yeah, oh, that yeah. was a cool shot from the starting gate because – I was on the infield calling races, and the start was, like, immediately below me. 
Wow. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that uh, you commented about uh, that it would be one of those drive homes, like like a cattle drive. It would take a couple of days to get back, you know. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It, was, it was when you're arriving home at 3 a.m. and uh, getting ready to head to work the next day, you just kind of go into zombie mode and just move forward. Ah, uh, memories. Memories, memories. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. So where are we going now? Are we going to do one of these uh, one of these preps for the Breeders' Cup? We yep. doing home cooking? Where are we wagering this weekend? All across the country here. So first at the home track, Hawthorne does have a stake on Saturday. It's race number six, the Illini Princess Stakes. Bet the six horse Cat Attack across the board, six to one in the morning line. A horse that has a whole lot of speed. Then you go to Keeneland. Keeneland race number ten. It's the Grade One Coolmore Coolmore Turf Mile. Bet the seven, Santine. We hit on this horse in the Arlington Million at Churchill about a month and a half ago. Comes back at Keeneland here. And then go to Santa Anita. Race number eight is the grade one American Pharaoh. Bet the five, Cave Rock across the board. This is an up-and-coming two-year-old for Bob Baffert that could become one of the early favorites for next year's Kentucky Derby. Oh, interesting. Okay, so uh, is Baffert going to be able to run horses in the Derby? We'll have to wait and see. He trains this one right now. So you never wow. know, but this is horse under his care right now. Interesting. All right, so three horses at three different racetracks all on Saturday. Um, these are great races, including the one in Hawthorne, which is a stakes race, Jimmy just told you. We're going to bet all three across the board, so bet them to win, place, and show. At Hawthorne, race six, the six horse. At Keeneland, race 10, the seven horse. And at Santa Anita, race eight, the five horse. Is that right, Jim? That's right, guys. Really good racing across the board. Get ready for the NFL Sunday. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks, Jimmy. You got it, guys. Good luck. Jimmy! That's our guy. The Baffert's around still? It's like a bad penny. Right? I Come mean, on. What kind, of, what, what kind of suspension did he do? I He's don't training know. this horse. He's training that horse. It's incredible. Huh? I don't follow it all that closely. No, so but I, what's I he doing where... back already? Don't know. And right. who knows if, we live, if that horse will yeah. even be able to, to be his. Uh, a couple other games we can talk about here right. as uh, we move through the board for you. Uh, we did not mention Notre Dame, who's had an uh, extra week to prepare for a showdown against BYU. Uh, Notre Dame officially the home team, but this game played out in the desert in Las Vegas. BYU is about a three-and-a-half-point underdog against Notre Dame. The Cougars have been a pretty good dog under Kalani Sataki, uh, going back to his start there in 2016. 16-10 and 10 against the number, 10-5 and 5 against, their spread in the, against the spread in the last 15 when taking points. They've actually won six of their last eight outright as a dog, so this historically has been a pretty good spot. I kind of like the Irish, though, if anything, in this game. Probably no play for me, but if you're asking for an opinion, I might tell you to go ahead and back the Irish, especially if they can get out to a lead and run the ball. They should have an advantage here. Top 30 in line yards, top 20 in stuff rate, and BYU's rush defense ranks outside the top 100, Mike. So this could be a good game for Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame, and it could be kind of a, a nice, if you'd call it a signature win, against an opponent that's ranked right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, he needs to keep winning. I mean, he needs to, to do something with a, a pretty good football program. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, to imagine this would be a signature win, how about yep. BYU beats Notre Dame? That's a signature win, too. That'd so. be a good win for BYU. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, I'm BYU's 16th to... in the country right now. Yeah, I'm staying away here. Uh, I'm not going to mess good. around. I've lost a little bit of my pizzazz towards Notre Dame a little bit, maybe because of the start. But other than that, mm. I want to see them win. But this is a game I stay away from, you know, as far as, as uh, a, a number. Late game in Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, 7 o'clock kick. Mike, can you believe, I mean, uh, after the way A&M 
pulled off the upset last year, the mm-hmm. recruiting class Jimbo got, the, the, the war words, the back and forth in the offseason, can you believe we get to this game and Alabama is a 24-point favorite at home against the 3-2 and two Texas A&M team that is totally underwhelmed so far this season? You want to talk about uncomfortable? You know what I mean? It's like it's like going to a party where some of your former bosses were ten years ago or something, you know. And it, it, it's just uncomfortable. And 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 if you're Saban, do you want to win sixty to nothing? Do you want to win sixty oh, to nothing, Mike? Absolutely. Yes. I know. I could absolutely. only go by me, uh-huh. my temperament. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes, and, yeah. and nobody's leaving. Everybody's playing a hundred percent. Guess what? Guess what? I would stay away from this game because it's just Dude. worth it to watch the two guys, you know? Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you. Just sit back and enjoy it, and just I think you're right. Yeah. He wants to win 60. He's already yelling at the media this week. Like, you know, he's fired up from, from the word go getting ready for yeah, this. He, he wants a kick butt. When we come back, we're going to talk to our buddy. We're going to talk to our buddy Luke Pergandy. We'll see what's hot at Prop Swap, especially now that the baseball playoffs have, uh, have arrived. And I think uh, Prop Swap made a little news, because I, I saw Darren yep. Ravel writing about them earlier in the week. So uh, Luke can fill us in on what's happening and what's the very latest with the company and that great app. So don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. We are The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap. This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. This is The Odds Couple with Mike North and Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. We're streaming on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. We do it every week for you. We are uh, deep in a football season now. We'll give you our best plays in just a little bit, but it's time to say hi to one of our uh, regular guests and contributors, Chicago guy through and through. Back home in Chicago now, too, living back here. One of the founding members of the great PropSwap app and PropSwap.com, where America buys and sells its futures bets. Say hello to Luke Pergandy. Hello, hello. What's up, guys? Hey, Carmen. Hey, Mike. What's Luke, up, Luke? what's up? Uh, big story on you guys from Darren Ravel this week. There's some big news, and you can uh, just fill our listeners in a little bit, but it's just uh, sort of the next progression, I guess you'd say, for you guys as uh, mobile wagering um, in the near future is going to be allowed for all users. Is that right? Or, you know, you'll be able to sell your mobile tickets. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, be able to sell your mobile tickets. Obviously, we started this company seven years ago. You know, at the time, Nevada really just did mostly paper tickets. It was probably like 80-20 paper to mobile. Um, and, you know, we've, we've been getting asked since then, hey, how do I sell my bet that I have on my iPhone, or, you know, or my Android or my computer? Like, how do I sell this on Prowsoft? And um, until this point, we really haven't had a clean way to do that. Uh, but we finally fi- uh, signed our first mobile partner. Um, we can't announce who the end sportsbook is, but it's, uh, it's a pretty good one. Um, in early next year where you'll be able to make your mobile bet on that given sportsbook app and then one click of a button you can post it for sale on the prop swap you get paid in that betting app and you know it's just a very clean transition that's kind of where this business gets really really large because uh, in new jersey for example the most mature sports betting state uh, 90 percent of bets are made on mobile and 10 percent are retail so we're kind of leaving you know, we're, we're, we are now growing our market size by 9x by getting into this space. That's awesome, Luke. Fantastic. Good news for you guys. Fantastic. And I'll tell you what, uh, prop swap built for maybe the wild card, built for some of these uh, series type of situations. I happen to like the Padres. What are you seeing so far? 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, baseball playoffs. Here we go. We got a. Uh, I'm in California right now. I have to go to Vegas for a conference next week. We've got 9 a.m. baseball between the Cleveland Guardians. So um, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say the Padres have been popular. I don't know what to do with this Mets team. Like, it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like there's that much faith. They're limping into the playoffs. Um, and then Dodgers and Astros and Braves can't keep a, uh, one of those three tickets on the shelf. Uh, but it's great. It's cool that 12 teams are now in the playoffs. Uh, you know, the first round is, of course, three games. So uh, it should be great for props off. And I think so- one of these longer shot teams has got to push through into the next round. So um, if you got a ticket on them, whether that's San Diego, Seattle, Cleveland, or Philly, kind of those four teams that are 20 to one odds or greater, one of those two, one of those four teams is going to going to advance. I was just going to say, there's really not a lot of quick decision. You got to make quick decisions in the wild card for for something like prop swap, don't you? I mean, sure. has it become more of a series yeah. thing uh, instead of game to game because they're the best of three, what have you? Yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. people and like we always talk about, like we are typically while games are going on, we are the only place to buy and sell futures. So you know, while this Guardians game is going on. Most books take Guardians' odds to win the World Series off the board, but on PropSwap, you can be buying and selling during that game. So, yeah, it's, if you're watching the game and they jump onto an early lead and you want to go grab a bet for sale on PropSwap, you have the opportunity to do that. Uh, and then, of course, like, if they, you know, going into game two, if they go up again big, flip it. Like, one click of a button, list it for sale. So, no, we're we're absolutely selling these bets in-game and, um, you know, you got you lose two games, you're done. So you better make a decision quick. All right, and then in terms of uh, NFL, you know, it's a good time to be a Philly sports fan, maybe right now. Maybe the Phillies make a run, but yeah. the Eagles are the last unbeaten. But when we see through four weeks, the way Hertz has played, the way Philly has played, is the only unbeaten. Um, I, I got to imagine there's a lot of demand. Not to mention they're a pretty public team. There's got to be a lot of demand right now yeah. for for Eagles futures. Yeah, no, Philly is definitely the prop up special so far in the NFL. Um, going back to March of last of uh, earlier this year, so you know, right when the Super Bowl ended, um, Philly was forty to one, and you know, fast forward today, they're like seven to one. So, I mean, that's that's been the biggest mover up, and then of course, <laughs> the list of teams moving down. You know, we we watched the game on Thursday night. That was a complete pillow fight uh, between the Colts and the Broncos. They, those two oh. teams look terrible. Um, those two teams are moving the wrong way. Rams, Rams are still sixteen to one. I don't really get it. I feel like the Rams have looked terrible so far this year. Um, their offensive line just can't um, protect Stafford. They can't really run the ball. So I don't really understand the Rams staying at around sixteen to one. But um, uh, Vikings are a pretty decent mover. Vikings were around sixty to one preseason. They're around twenty five to one, um, and then. Say lastly, Dolphins. Dolphins were sixty to one preseason. They're about twenty-four yeah. to one. Uh, hopefully, two is healthy and can get back in the field soon. All right, Luke. We appreciate the time as always, buddy. And we will catch up again next Friday. Have a great weekend. Sounds good, guys. Thank you, Carmen. Thanks, Mike. Oh, look, you're our guy. See you, buddy. Oh, Disney. There's our guy, Luke Pergandy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Mike. It's uh, that time. Late in the show here, let's get after oh. it. Let's try to give everybody uh, some of our thoughts on where they can uh, make a few of the best wagers for the weekend and make a little money in week five and week six in the college board. What do we like, it. Mike? 
I liked LSU early at 11 o'clock game plus the three. I'm out of my mind. I said I'd stay away from the 11 o'clock games. I'm taking LSU plus the three (laughs) early. I think there's a lot of Tennessee love out there. It graded out pretty good for me. I know they've been struggling, and this is a huge game for them, no doubt. Uh, You said that they got Alabama next week, talking about Tennessee. Hope they ain't looking ahead. Well, you know what? You're playing, Brian Kelly. Let's see what happens. I'm taking LSU. Brian Kelly probably has the coaching advantage in this spot. You're right, even though Tennessee has played very well. Uh, All right, so LSU at home in Death Valley getting the points. I'm going to lay the three uh, at UCLA at the Rose Bowl. I'm going to lay the three with Utah here as Utah, as the 4-1 team, is the favorite at 5-0 UCLA. But uh, I just think they are the better team. And Utah has owned this series recently, winning five straight and six of the last seven. During the five-game winning streak, listen to the margin of victory for Utah, 20 46, 31, 31, and 7. So four of those five just absolute blowouts. Both these teams have been really good in offense, top 20 in the nation and drive efficiency, touchdown rate, points per game, and stuff like that. But Utah, I think, has the advantage defensively, so I will lay the three with the Utes on the road at UCLA. All right. What else do you like, Mike? I got the guy taking a lot of heat at Carolina. Everybody stopped believing in them, but I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers plus the six and a half. They've been in the Mm. the last couple games. It's a tough thing to pick, but that's what my system tells me to take. I don't make the picks the system does. I like Carolina. Hopefully it'll be up to seven uh, by the uh, start of the game. Yeah, I'd like to see if that could get there. I'll give you one NFL game, too. I'll give you an underdog here. Uh, the Jets is an interdivision home dog against the Tuolus Miami Dolphins, even though the Dolphins have had a little extra time to prepare. You can get minus, uh, you can get, excuse me, plus three and a half for minus 120. Um, that is as high as I would advise you to go if you can lay the uh, extra 20 cents there to get the hook. Go ahead and do it. So we'll say the Jets at home over Miami. Plus three and a half, minus 120. And I got one more. Anything else, Mikey? Yeah, I got one more quick one. All Uh, right. The uh, Rams, uh, they're playing Dallas, right? Uh, I like them. Uh, the Rams are playing. Rams are hosting Dallas. I like the Rams, minus the five and a half as a favorite in that football game. Are you done, Carl? I'm done. That's it. Well, then it's time for. What time it is? What about Randy? All right, boys, I'll make this quick. Randy. I've been riding with my boy Charlie Jones uh, and uh, Aiden O'Connell, so yeah. let's continue. They have a Mar- they're on the road against Maryland after a big win last week against Minnesota. I'll take Purdue plus three. Huge Ooh. win. I'll take Kansas State on the road minus two yeah. against Iowa State. Yeah! And let's go with okay. the Phillies to beat the Cardinals at plus 110 for the series. Woo. That's In good, the series, man. plus 110. That's I it. like it. Good stuff, Merck. Way to give it out. Thanks to Jake Cantu for uh, getting us set up out here today and Randy Merkin back at the shop. And, of course, Jim Miller and Luke Pergandy. Happy wagering, everyone. Enjoy the weekend and all the football. And Mike and I will be back with you again next Friday. Have a great one, okay, Mike? Oh, yeah, baby. So long, everybody. This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000.